Hello, and welcome to Enough Booker, a podcast where we call the Schmaltz Police as we discuss the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 159th episode in the series, Where's Charlie? All right. Well, this is, uh, we're we're fully entering the, like, wacky (laughs) stretch of the seventh season, I feel. Like, this one really sort of jumps right into it. Um, yeah 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 that's fair uh it doesn't involve a monkey on a traffic cone we'll get to that but um but yeah it's um i you know it's funny the like we have we have charlie sort of coming back in time right you know a few episodes back we had where rose thought that he had slept with blanche um because she was in bed with a pontoon boat etc and now there's this like extra it goes a little further like supernatural element um that rose believes and i don't i don't really buy it some of the goofiness of this episode for me is that rose is to me rose is not this naive but it could just be her wanting to see something i'm not really sure there's a lot of psychological things to, to unpack in this one what do you well, think of this episode? i mean miles is back with yeah, no I mean, that's a celebration or anything of at all. Not. Yeah, he's <laughs> totally safe. There's definitely not any goons for the he's cheese not man. Amish. Yep. Um, <laughs> his name is Miles. <laughs> yes. His name is Miles, right? <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So there's that. Yeah. It's so I am um, actually in uh, Jim Colucci's book, and I had this in my notes um, uh-huh. authentically before I even checked. But basically, they talk about how this is actually about the Stevie story, which we'll get into. But like, yeah, often like kind of a one of the horsemen of the apocalypse of a sitcom is when plot lines start mimicking or reflecting like big movies of the time. Oh, um, and this is a very close to Bull Durham, which I've never seen, but I looked up the wiki for, it, and basically like. <laughs> um but i've done really copious research on <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i'm not gonna watch that movie i'm not that. i know no <laughs> <laughs> that's where my line is um but basically i think like part of the plot is like susan sarandon's character um is like a baseball groupie and she every season picks like one of the players to seduce and then that player i think becomes like a better baseball player i don't know kevin costner's in it whatever watch it on your own time but i think like that plot is sort of borrowed and it's a bit of like a parody of it um yeah yeah which uh they talk about on golden girls sports which we love yeah Um, that's a great podcast too if you have not listened to it um but basically like i think that's just reflective of, of the whole thing and the cantaloupe story is just so yeah i agree i don't feel like rose would buy it and i would even double down and say i don't think sophia would be that mean for sport yeah, like, that the is, whole premise that is, is that weird. she does it for 20 dollars, basically like I, yeah it just doesn't it doesn't add up it's I, I'm, I'm glad you said that about the sophia thing because again this is my sort of like this uh just kind of like uncomfortable a little bit in this season where you know, she's usually being this rude to Dorothy and not even this rude, but it's like, this is like, I think my problem is like, maybe she would be mean because sometimes she likes being mean for fun. But like at the end, she's just like, oh, it was just a bad joke. And like, I don't, I don't buy that either. Like I, I, you know, it's like, Sophia, you knew how intense this was. (laughs) She fucking broke up with Miles. You know what I mean? Like, this is like real shit. And again, Sophia's not that naive, right? Like she's not that naive to know one, she knows Rose very well by this point. And two, 
like to mess with somebody to just basically be like, I, you're, you shouldn't, you know, like completely change her relationship life because you're pretending to be her dead husband in cantaloupe. I mean, Jesus Christ. It is funny to like get the joke about how like she ate the cantaloupe, you know, uh, you're full of fruit salad. It's like, it's, it is a funny moment. Um, but I also feel like the writers here are leaning way heavier on like, oh, that's a funny joke that like, is mm, kind of shoehorned in for the shoehorned in rather for the for both of those characters doesn't quite yeah. fit them from where they should be at now you know yeah I agree and uh, like yeah I don't know why it's the writers like went with this like also like my the even you know like backing up even further I guess like this ring thing is super weird. And like Rose, it's like, well, what do you think it means? Yeah. Good buddy. <laughs> She's confused. Oh. Um, but yeah, like it just, it's just like not, I don't know. Sophia's like, you know, snippy and like she'll insult people and she'll whatever, but we've not seen her be like just mean and like like truly yeah like wrecking someone's life a bit like it's just like not in her yeah it's very character and I agree too like Rose would be I would think she would be a little more um you know suspicious of it um I don't know and the fruit salad bit is also like so sort of like bizarro I don't know it's just like all of it together there's some funny lines like it's you know it's still the golden girls like we still love it but yeah like plot wise it's totally crazy totally it's it's really bizarre so anyway um so should we get into it from yeah. the top <laughs> let's start from the top and actually the top i think is really funny when Sophie is like when you're 65 you can stay up as late as you yeah want. we agreed <laughs> i love that <laughs> i also love the idea of like a parent promising like you know a toddler like something far off into the future and then like the adult remembering that yeah. <laughs> like up like, oh, no you said when i was this old right you promised something so far in the future this is like my my uh it reminds me my my brother was so afraid of college because one so our bedrooms were like connected but had a um a door open so like my mom was putting me to bed and I asked mom, what's college? And then, you know, she was telling me like, what's college? You go to what, you know, you go away by yourself. You live by yourself, all this other stuff. And then um, she like, my brother was overhearing it from his room. And then she went to go say goodnight to him. And he was like, mom, I don't, do I have to go to college? Cause he was like so worried to be away, <laughs> yeah. you know? And he's like, will you come with me? And my mom goes, she goes, which I thought was brilliant. She goes, if, if when you, it's time for you to go to college, if you want me to come with you, I will come with you, which is like <laughs> great, you know, like linguistics, whatever. And then my dad had overheard this too. And he goes, what did you promise him that for? <laughs> my mom's like, he's three, you know, like, he, like, it's like, if he, if he wants me to go to college when he's time to go to college with him, like we have bigger problems. Like, yeah. But but if I but if I don't say that to him now, he's gonna like not sleep for a month, you know, <laughs> like because yeah. he's so worried about it. So anyway, I just I love the idea of like the we agreed kind of pops out in this line, which cracks me up. Yeah, it's funny. I like it a lot. Yeah, but yeah, we we didn't even talk about this storyline. So this is like a, yet another little prong, right? In this in this story, the third tier is Dorothy writing a letter to Pop, which also is. It's a great line too. Like, wow, there's nothing sadder than your daughter losing it before you do. <laughs> like the same pop who died 17 years ago. Oh, it's so brilliant. Um, 
but I like, you know, I really like the idea of this, right? And I think what's interesting about this, and as I've alluded to in the future, we're going to get into more like psychology, psychiatry of like processing feelings. Like this is a good exercise, right? It's actually really important, really cool to do um, to get your feelings down. So it's it's kind of interesting that they use this as a story, you know, as a, as a bullet point in this episode. Yeah, I, I kind of wish it was bigger almost because I like it as yeah. like, I also feel like it's a really um sophisticated like psychological exercise and i feel like it would be um you know like actually recommended by a therapist which i also think is great um and like i think it's funny or not funny but i feel like they kind of do this more than once where they definitely take a concept i guess actually they're they're gonna address it head on um with stan but like they take a concept that you would have heard about in therapy and they are like, oh, I read about it or I, you know, saw it somewhere or something like yeah. that. Um, but they use it in real life in a way that I think is very practical, um, which I like a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. And I think the right way, like you said, it's sophisticated. I, I like that phrasing of it because it is. And it's like, you know, Dorothy has to sort of talk out loud and like, um, explain it to Sophia about like why she's not going to mail it you know for the last time I'm not going to mail the letter I think it's really funny um <laughs> but uh you know because like everybody else doesn't get it because it is kind of like a little out there but um but yeah I think like you I sort of wish they did more of it like she alludes to like being hurt um yeah you know by her father but we don't really get we don't really get a lot there. Like I kind of, yeah, let's process Sal. What the fuck, man? Was he always drunk? Like, what's the deal? Yeah. I mean, let's I feel like it, it does like, it glosses over it with honest, on, and like, I don't know. I feel like it would be a little difficult to bring this up without making it too dark of like, yeah, you know, like Dorothy's issues with her father, which I actually feel like are very sort of like commonplace. Like she feels like he didn't, like he wasn't proud of her and like, yeah. you know, all of these other pieces that I feel like are very like typical daddy issues for lack of a better phrase um (laughs) and like yeah I feel like Sal is a very uh he's a very debated character and like whether or not he um you know like how he was as a father and a husband and like I think this is also an exploration of that to an extent and I I also really wish that like the letter at the end that she gives to Sophia, which I think is actually a nice concept of like, you know, doing this exercise and then in the process, figuring out <laughs> that, like, you know, she actually like wants to say these things to Sophia. But yeah. the letter is so, it's like, it's like something you would write on like a Mother's Day card. You know, I mean, like lines. I literally have in my notes, this lady's an English teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Like I expect some sort of sophisticated lines from her, right? Like it's like it's just so, you know it. It reminds me of like it was good. The actors yeah. were good too, <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's like come on, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So it kind of kind of like at the end, you know. Um, but uh, but it is it is a nice summary. And you know, if we're jumping right to the end too, like the Schmaltz police line that we alluded to at the beginning, <laughs> so great. I'm glad you're my mom. I'm glad you're my baby. And like it's so funny because that's exactly what you would do to break like the uncover. I could see you doing this all the time. You're just yeah. like, oh my god, I'm so uncomfortable <laughs> being vulnerable. Oh my god, like make a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is think- really funny. I think the writers actually, or the the producers, like they're doing this quite a bit, which I feel like these these like sort of in your face kind of emotional moments between Dorothy and Sophia. And yeah. I 
feel like that is to maybe offset the sort of like prickliness of the relationship, which yeah. doesn't work. Like it's not, it's, you know, it's not a, a balance. It has to be like a, it has to be more of like a harmony, I would say. Yeah. Um, but it's not, this is, it's cute. Like I do feel like sometimes it's like, and I, yeah, I totally appreciate the cutting of that because it does become, <laughs> it verges on too much for me. Yes, exactly. Like. For sure. No, but this is, I think this is just a different, if they did this kind of thing all the time, it wouldn't work. But I think this, the joke really works for it because they don't actually express themselves in that same way to each other. It's usually, it's not usually so over the top. And usually when they have moments together, it's very, and this is why I love this show so much because they have a lot of vulnerable moments together, not only Sophia and Dorothy, but all of the girls, but it's never, it doesn't always have to be hammered over the head, right? It's kind of, I mean, it goes back, everything goes back to magenta, right? You know, it's like, it's kind of hard to explain, but fortunately between friends, you don't have to. So there's a lot of like unspoken love, or even if it's spoken, it, it doesn't require like a ton of words where the characters and us as the audience like understand what's going on and that they've either like made up or that they're just expressing their love for each other or whatever right and part of the way that Sophia and Dorothy express their love for each other is like the jokes and like teasing each other kind of thing too so right. it's it, it does get complicated to your point yeah but um but I <laughs> the other thing I just want to say about this whole storyline is like when she's like put that in your letter to your father how sassy you've gotten since menopause <laughs> it's so great because it's such yeah. a good way to like bring the letter back <laughs> yeah they really work with it they do a lot yeah. with it and um it's very fun yeah it's so funny and every time like after i'm dead drop me a line like i know <laughs> <laughs> it's so good yeah the delivery um, is amazing on those i'm gonna write one to mario lanza um yeah, yeah so great <laughs> Okay, so um, <laughs> let's talk about Stevie. Let's, let's dive right. in. It's Pride Month. Uh, let's sure talk is. about the queer baseball player of the Golden Girls. Um, just fascinating. So, all right. So, wait, so tell me everything. What do you, what do you, what do you think of uh, the Stevie storyline? I mean, well, with Bull Durham aside, obviously, I've never seen the movie either. Apologies to everyone listening who's gasping right now. Um, but uh, it shouldn't, shouldn't surprise you that I haven't seen a movie, but, um, yeah, I think it's like, it, it's, it's such a weird quirk and I, and it only like makes sense if you know, they're sort of trying to parody Bull Durham, but like, are the writers trying to introduce like, like a queer character here? Because we've talked about this before. Anyway, there's, it's just very, a lot of it's very confusing for this show. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's, it, it's best, you know, it's basically drag um right. like a maddie morphosis before his time which was a, a straight drag queen that was on drag race um there you go although i prefer stevie but anyway yeah <laughs> i don't know it's like and actually in um Kaluji's book too rue mcclanahan talks about how like you know at the end when she she like hits the the baseball she said she had to like really work on that like she yeah. was not a softball player so funny um, i love it i mean this you know aside from whatever parody they're doing like it just makes no sense because we've never known Blanche to be like athletic um so in addition to like having him wear the like lingerie she's also coaching him yeah. um so there's two aspects of it that don't make any sense but actually the um the actor uh whose name is Tim Thomerson I think he's really cute and charming and I think he does a great job he does yeah uh, it's yeah it's definitely a queer storyline without like much 
to it really you know I, yeah. I feel like maybe the writers were just like and what if he wore women's underwear <laughs> you know like, yeah totally um I don't know I I actually feel like there's not much to unpack other than like it sort of has on display like the the show's relative comfort with queerness and like yes. portraying queer characters and like I don't know it's it's kind of wild that like if this aired now you can imagine the backlash which is oh, not yeah. often how we like stevie wouldn't be allowed in tennessee you know yeah, <laughs> like fucking real, what a right? really backwards world <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly but yeah i think it's it's so interesting like i do it, it's like to me i can get from the like he's wearing women's underwear and he loves it and now he like feels more like himself when he can express himself that way that makes sense to me with the line of like her getting him to wear underwear in the first place (laughs) on this like tenuous reasoning about how baseball is a sexy sport which i'm just like oh my god (laughs) there are a lot of sexy sports but i would not pick baseball as one of them but it is funny when you know she's like the unspecified duration of the game (laughs) yeah a lot of metaphors it does allow for a lot of it's funny yeah i mean all you know we do use baseball as like the childhood you know uh how far can you get sexually metaphor so it does make sense in that in that regard but it's kind of funny but in my mind it's funny in my notes i was like it kind of seems like they wrote the ending first right to your point where they were like what if we put him in a dress <laughs> what if we put him in women's yeah. underwear and then like sort of worked back from that way <laughs> which is fine like it, it it works in a way but it it's just so goofy because you're just like wait why is Blanche dealing with this guy anyway in any sort of way he's just like he's this little sheep you know totally yeah it's it's just like I, I it's in there for laughs I think it's like they also tie it up nicely with him like going to the major or going to play in Japan, but then like deciding yeah. not to. And then I, that actually is where I don't love it is like, it, like Blanche put him in these clothes and then she doesn't like it when he sort of oh, embraces yeah. it, you know? So that's a little bit icky, but it's fine. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not super problematic or anything. Um, but just generally, I feel like all of these stories besides the letter really which is the only one that seems kind of realistic like they're Mm -hmm. all just sort of thrown in to compose an episode um which is again like why I feel like this is sort of even from earlier season seven like this feels like a little bit of a a left turn and like Mm -hmm. we're just being like totally anything goes (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's all mixed up like fruit salad (laughs) wow (laughs) wow um well should we uh we could talk about that and the one the other thing I wanted to say about Rose and Miles and the ring is like she could wear it on a different finger right like that is the whole from the very beginning like that's my observation is like if you feel weird about it which is like it's an ambiguous ring you could just wear it on like your right hand or like a different finger like it doesn't she puts it on her wedding ring finger I know well it's so funny because like you know I just love, again, this storyline also is like, Miles, dude, 
is your brain broken because you were like in the Amish country for a while or something like you met Rose the very first episode where you meet Rose you understand that she is a very certain type of direct naive communicator and things need to be spelled out for her so you cannot be like what do you think I'm saying you know what I mean like it's like it's funny because it's just like Miles dude you know better like spell it out for her what are you asking her with this ring Even Carl what does it, it mean I know I know a ring on yeah, the phone. exactly. <laughs> and the phone will ring. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, if the cheese man's better off than you, man, you got problems. So um, that's actually my criticism. It's not even Rose, like, getting caught up into it, although I do think she would be a little bit, like, smarter and, like, direct communicator. You know, I think he's he's saying, you know, I'm, I'm your gal. I want, I'm, I'm my ring. I'm my gal. Um, But uh, anyway, I, I just, I'm like, Miles, you can't be coy with her. Like, you know, it's like, let's let's be really clear here. <laughs> yeah totally totally and like yeah, and he, the... goes, he goes oh sorry real quick about that exact line he goes it's that sense of humor that's why i buy you jewelry i was like no you know that it's not a joke you know she's serious yeah no and it, yeah that too is like it's like clunky um right it's like you don't know these characters and girl we know these characters okay <laughs> and i love like okay so also on the fruit salad bit like the whole the whole crux of it, right, is that Charlie didn't like, basically he didn't like fruits mixing together. And yeah, yeah. Like, so why did you make fruit salad? Like, I mean, no. So easy. Like, there's no nuance to it. It's, like, such an easy answer. It's so um, funny. Like, I do love when they, again, like, that's an audience proxy, right? Where you're sort of like, well, to believe this storyline, I actually have to ask this very obvious question. And then, like, a character asks it. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah, and I will say, like, one, I'm I have to come in for big cantaloupe and say that I love cantaloupe. I think it's underrated as a fruit. Um, <laughs> but secondly, also Rose never actually says like don't eat the fruit salad, and like it's not clear that you shouldn't eat it. Like the message I thought was delivered by the arrangement of the fruit. yeah, it's already there. So Sophia initially doesn't really do anything wrong. It's true. It's true. I think, I mean, again, this is like this whole idea is like, she thinks that Charlie is like living in the fruit salad. Like what was the agreement? <laughs> right. Like To your point, you said it would be on one side and there it is. Like, I don't think he's in it, <laughs> but, yeah, it but that's sense. of course where the bizarre turn takes, <laughs> just jumps off the cliff here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, yeah. It's so, yeah, I do think that like, it's 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 just it's like a scam from Sophia like you said for like what 20 bucks and you're just like it's just kind of like the wheelchair scam uh, you know and and it's not it's not it doesn't feel good and I I do enjoy when like Dorothy's like you're a horrible little person yeah but because at least in the wheelchair scam she was getting something out of it like that's true yeah doing this just to be mean really I love you sticking up for Sophia you're like at least she got something well it's just like it's just like totally I I just like I guess Sophia definitely does selfish things and she definitely like scams people out of like you know even when they um like the baseball thing when it hits her on the head. I really yeah. love baseball stories, actually. Um, you know, like there's always, but there's, it's always motivated by profit, which I'm not saying is good, but mo- being motivated by profit and being motivated by just like kicking someone when they're down is totally different. And like, yeah. it's just, I do think it's a different, um, 
it's just like meaner which i i don't totally. feel like is sophia no exactly i think you're right yeah it's like really it's really stretching it so oh anyway so okay so going back to miles and rose and this <laughs> what's this in my pocket like i love the <laughs> the pervy like so they they say in the beginning right with what's this in my pocket and you're just like oh okay that's kind of pervy all right you know it didn't work on me last night whatever and then at the end when he's like what's this in my pocket oh sophia yeah. <laughs> she goes get he's it so while funny. you're young baby it's actually pretty <laughs> awesome <laughs> yeah and miles is like uh he's such a good actor like like I know. you know actually appearing surprised and embarrassed like it's, totally. it's subtle enough it's great it really no they do a really good job they do a good job with the camera angles too where it's like close up yeah. and then she's just like looking on <laughs> <laughs> oh i really love that so but yeah i think it's interesting like this whole storyline you know barring the weirdo supernatural fruit salad etc um <laughs> is like it's interesting because it's like you know it, it's the constant drumbeat of like, if you are a person this age, or even not even this age, but you've just had a spouse who's passed away, right? It's like really this, and this is also like a sitcom thing. I remember watching this on Full House, right? It's like, you always struggle, right? And it's it's hard because it's like, you didn't, it's not a divorce. It's not some sort of acrimonious, you know, split. It's like there, you know, there was, you were in love till the end and this person isn't there anymore. So it's like this open-ended non-closure relationship that's still sort of hanging over you and such a part of you so if you start a new relationship it's obviously going to constantly be a theme right so um i think that's really interesting like albeit this you know this episode goes about it in a weird way but it's come up a, a lot of times and the thing is like many things in the show and just in life like it's never going to be solved you're always going to you know rose is always going to have part of this she just has to get to a point where she's comfortable with sort of like not playing two sides but like having her relationship with charlie and the memories as well as her relationship with miles right and this is like a constant theme so i think i i appreciate the underlying theme here albeit it's delivered in a super wacky way yeah i totally i definitely i think that's that's totally fair i like when they have through lines even when they're like like even when miles is like you know that cruise that leaves from the pier like let's go watch yeah. it again like the through when line of cheap. being cheap like still <laughs> you know that's and it's yeah. understated um but yeah i think that's a really good point and i actually think it's interesting to observe it um kind of alongside dorothy who is sort of more into like addressing her psychological um damage like directly right with like a, with, like something that she feels like is gonna help her feel better whereas yeah. rose i think it's part of her like naivete but also just like her sort of like greatest generation like down home american approach of like you know psychiatrists and psychologists are like unnecessary um yeah. and so she just kind of doesn't get like exactly what you're saying that like her comparing miles to charlie even like with the skydiving and like with this and like the idea that like you know like charlie she can't be with miles because that's like being like unfaithful to charlie that all checks out that she would yeah. have that and she wouldn't have addressed it or wouldn't like you know be able to sort of like critically evaluate it um exactly. So yeah, I think that like concept wise, it's totally right. But it's just like, yeah, the execution is super bizarre. Yeah, it's 
<laughs> which like whatever man i appreciate it this is yeah. actually like it's it's all I, I don't know i don't know which storyline is more bizarre <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, was like, I was like at least it's the least bizarre well i don't know <laughs> yeah uh, but back so back to stevie back to the other bizarre storyline um you know <laughs> i do it it does play very funny there's so many really funny lines like and, and like moments like i do love when he picks his wedgie <laughs> yeah <laughs> because you know if anybody's worn women's underwear it definitely rides up and if it's not made for his giant you know sportsman ass then probably not you know <laughs> um but uh but also like you know at the end when he shows up like he his stance in the doorway is definitely and this is why again like i think when we were talking about you know like it, they might have written the end first where they were just like let's put him in, in a dress um like his stance in the doorway accentuates the comedy of cross-dressing because he's not yeah. he's not actually standing in a masculine presenting way he's standing in a feminine presenting way and because he's wearing a dress but then not only does he have like super broad shoulders and his chest is hanging out and we know him as like a straight male you know it's like there's so much going on there and it's so interesting now especially just in like feminist and queer scholarship of like tracing back like why it's comical to see a man in a dress and why it's not comical to see like a woman in a suit is because it's essentially like punching down like why ever would a man want to be a woman because that's the lower tier of society ha 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 it's so funny like it's it's so fucked up when you can you really trace it back of like why we find this amusing as a society and that's exactly what they're doing there right like he just walks out and everybody loses it and he's like standing you know quote unquote like a woman and it's it's like it's funny but it's also like when you actually you know trace back why you're laughing or why people are laughing you're just like man that's dark <laughs> yeah well i i i would also you know counter that a little bit with like i think this is oddly forward thinking in the world of drag in such that okay, I think for right. the past like few years um like drag race which is like definitely the most you know famous drag franchise um it's we've seen contestants that are like trans or gender non-conforming or mm -hmm. you know the straight guy whatever I'm not a fan of his but like we saw like a <laughs> woman and like I think this idea that drag was gate kept for so long is like just something that gay men did is changing mm -hmm. and it's changing because yeah. like our understanding of sexuality and gender and all of the the spectrum is is evolving and so like stevie's look i think is actually like if you cut out all of the stuff that you said and like you know like you fast forward it it's actually kind of like where i feel like drag is going now which is kind of cool um but yeah like it's it's also the thing is like it's not presented as like i, I think the writers want you know like heterosexual audiences to think it's funny which is like the root of that and like the reasoning behind that is like what you're saying which is just like a man in a dress is funny because like he's not being very masculine but also he is doing this like super masculine thing of baseball so it, it works together yeah um, but I think it's interesting to look at it through the lens of 2023 where like you know obviously certain parts of the country and certain people are so um afraid of drag and 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 you know trans people for god knows what reason because it challenges their 
beliefs that are based in nothing well, it's but because also, they're like, they're fucking scared of themselves that's all yeah they can't but on that. the other side it's like within the community and within you know like feminists and queer and and ally circles it's like we're expanding the meanings of these, yes. these concepts and like it's just such a it's such a dichotomy um of like where things are yeah i think i i totally agree and i think what my whole statement was about was about the humor of the situation yeah not about him presenting it because but you also could take the humor like if you were if you were looking at this him presenting himself in the doorway right if you were looking at that entrance from the perspective of like oh my gosh it's so funny because i didn't expect that this masculine man would be so comfortable presenting this way that's awesome like he's doing drag blah 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 all of this like you know now he has this queer element to him that is a surprising element of the character then yes like it is definitely like this i'm talking about from the audience perspective right because i do think there is the dichotomy of like it's it's actually forward thinking and presenting at the same time as like all the other stuff i said (laughs) but but if you think of it that way then that's like a really that's awesome. Like, and that is like a humorous situation, but I'm, I am assuming that most people are laughing at it because it's just like baseline reduced to dude in a dress is yeah, funny, totally. right. <laughs> like not all that thinking behind it. So I agree, but I, but I think you're right. There is a dichotomy here where it is like, yes, maybe we're playing off of some of those old stereotypes and feelings, but it still pushes the needle, right? And it's so interesting with all of this, you know, garbage backlash from our garbage fucking Republican Nazi fascist party and all of the people that are buying into this nonsense um, about, you know, being anti-drag, anti-trans, anti-gay, everything is like, people are like creating memes of being like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you know, like Bugs Bunny was in drag, like Monty Python was in drag, like pretty much, you know, Benny Hill, all of these people that like our grandparents watched on television or like even beforehand, they were like, oh, this is just part of it. Ha ha ha, whatever. And it's like, you know, it's it's insane, really, what they're trying to point out of like, you you had this, this was fine before, but now, you know, you know, the assholes in in charge of whatever of the gerrymandering of your state say it's not so you're going to follow them but um anyway it it does it does push the needle and it like it's really it's like it's so disheartening to think that this would have crazy backlash today yeah and not saying yeah, it didn't at the time i'm sure they got a bunch of hate letters but i mean it was still like they were like whatever we can put this on network television and make a statement yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, yeah, I wonder if they did, like, I, I don't know, because I'm sure they did, like, to, to your point, like, I'm, I definitely think that makes sense that, like, some people would have been mad, but it just wouldn't have, I almost feel like this wouldn't have aired now, which is so, yeah. you know, like, on a network, like, I know. The, the backlash they would have gotten when they heard about it, and, like, I yeah, it's just really wild to be living in a time where, like, something that aired in 91 which is like not subversive this is not that like you know it's it's not it's just yeah it's it. just a guy in a dress liking it, Ugh, it <laughs> that's was a subversion <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but it was the dress and that that also i mean you mentioned this earlier too of like you know her reaction of like it is interesting right because it's sort of like yeah, I wanted you to like the dress, but like only in a very specific, or like the lingerie rather, but only in a very specific way. 
that I controlled. Right. And it's like, you know, obviously, you know, all of Blanche, almost every relationship that Blanche has is superficial. So obviously there's not like real care here for this guy. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it is kind of fascinating. So, but that also, that kind of turn is where I'm like, the audience is a hundred percent with Blanche for the most part, right? Of where she's like, well, of course you can't date this guy now, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it is kind of, that. that's the kind of like part to me. <laughs> so, but, you know, we are we more progressive than 2023 in a lot of ways, which is so fucked up. Totally, totally. Yeah. That's it. That's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, just like hate hang up on yeah. this one. Um, can I talk about the, the very beginning when, when, when Stevie walks in and he's like, I, you know, getting up in the middle of the night or whatever. And he's like, I oh, get up what to, is that? <laughs> you know, and then like, Sophia goes, boy, do I know? And she immediately gets it. And I'm like watching this going, what, what do you know? Like, and it's so, it seems so odd and prudish that he can't even talk about peeing in front of yeah. them. And like, to my modern ears, it sounds like he gets up to jerk off or something. <laughs> it's so so like like you know i don't know it's just prudish it's very strange yeah it is weird and also like don't you go back to sleep (laughs) like (laughs) which doesn't mean like the second that you wake up when he's like you know like i know (laughs) i love when when blanche is talking about the lingerie like the touch of the hand that sophia gives dorothy i'm sorry that dorothy gives sophia yeah (laughs) they're sitting there it's kind of incredible <laughs> i have but one talent oh ooh, i know <laughs> uh too easy <laughs> you got oh the community expects something of me it's it's funny. i mean they, they have a lot of really good lines in here which is really fascinating um when stevie's I, like and i am having a good time <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you're right <laughs> it's really good I also enjoy the fact, as we talked about before, of how the premise is very silly, where it's like, Dorothy's like, you don't know anything about baseball. And you're like, okay, thank you. Like, we need yeah. the the straight the straight character to just be like, uh, okay, can we just be the audience proxy right now? And we just be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they address that, I guess. I yeah, mean, they no, do- no, no. Yeah. Uh, but that's what I mean. I'm like, I'm glad they brought it up because it is like they have to ground some of the wackiness into like, all right, how do we end up in this situation? (laughs) Like you have, the writers have to earn it in a little bit of a way, you know? So, so funny. (laughs) Um, Just uh, two other things I have. One is uh, I really love that Rose again calls out. He goes, what you did is the worst thing you've ever done to me, which I'm like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's so fucked up. Good for you. Like I'm proud of her standing up for you know for herself and saying it so harshly because she deserves it so um and the other one is the tokyo rose uh reference and it's so interesting like i didn't really know about this i i remember looking it up years ago and now looked it up again but like the joke tokyo rose is like it was a name given by like u.s allied troops in the south pacific there was an all female english-speaking radio broadcasting station and it was all japanese propaganda um but it was like it's very bizarre because it was like they meant it to be propaganda but then like all the um the allied servicemen were like well this is nice yeah. <laughs> they're like i like it it makes me less homesick and you're like wait this is kind of backfiring but anyway apparently it was like 
a collection of women, although there was one prominent woman and they like nicknamed her like Tokyo Rose. So uh, I thought it was it was pretty funny to to drop that in there. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, oh, and then also the the poor knock on Germans, if we're talking about, you know, World War Two and everything, you're just like, yeah, oh, with the stereotypes, leave them alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, anyway, do you have anything else? No, I don't think so. I think that, um, yeah, I just, I think that this is, I'm curious to see if the idea that this is a change in sort of presentation carries through as we go through the next yes. few episodes. You mean in the in the sort of <laughs> jump the shark kind of way? Yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we do, <laughs> we do enter some super wacky storylines. <laughs> like it's funny because there is like a bunch of episodes coming up when I remind myself what is contained in the seventh season where you're just like oh yeah that is kind of like a wacky hodgepodge but it is funny because I don't know maybe we should do some sort of roundup of like you know the top 10 wackiest like golden yeah. storylines or something along those lines uh, at the end of our our run here but um but yeah it's really <laughs> it's really a very bizarre one yeah um, I love the monkey show. Just putting it out there. Oh man. Coming <laughs> up. Coming up. So excited. Um, all right. Well, join us next time when we discuss why, if you have all the cheese you want, you're still unhappy. <laughs> Take care, everyone.